gelled uh, with Aston Host because of that, that, quite frankly, it's her turn. It's kind of how we saw it. We've been doing this for 10 to 12 years, and uh, we're proud to have now Asian as the mayor of the city of Boston. And when I think about when you say the controversy, controversy really should be that this is the first time we've had a woman mayor and a person of color and Asian elected in the city. And so um, I don't know why it has gotten such controversy down at City Hall, but uh, certainly as the mayor said, we certainly have the Black Latino Caucus, Women's Caucus, Progressive Caucus at the state legislature. We have the Congressional Black Caucus. At every level of government, it's not a just a sad statement. The city hall and the council has got so controversial around race. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. The Grinch did not steal Christmas. Here's the millennial with the mic. They want you to say Grace. Grace Curley. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. I'm feeling good today, Jared. I cannot believe it's already Thursday. We're very lucky that we do jobs that are this fun, that fly by like this. It's a beautiful day in December, starting to get into the Christmas spirit, especially with all the bumpers we've been playing, which have been excellent, by the way. And I'm just feeling good. I'm going to spray tan this afternoon, Jared. I'm going to look like I came back from the Bahamas the next time you see me. And there's so much to discuss. And I always like to start the show. By welcoming the audience. Do you notice I do that, Jared? I'll say, welcome to everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Very inclusive. And and exactly. I'm glad you're already picking up what I'm putting down here. The reason I do that, it's not just a habit. It's because I mean it. It's because I mean everyone. I mean black people. I mean brown people. I mean Asian people. And even, and I know this is a bit progressive of me, this is a bit out of bounds for some, but I even mean white people. Oh, sorry, you'll never be mayor of Boston with that attitude. That's okay, I'm willing. You know what, Jared? Maybe they'll look back on me. Maybe history will judge me fondly. Maybe in a hundred years people will say, she was a risk taker. She didn't care what people thought. And, And did it benefit her personally? No. But she was doing something right for the state that she lived in. That's right. Caucasian listeners, you heard it here first. You are free to join the Grace Curley Show. You are free to call in to 844-500-4242. Our lines are open for everyone. We don't have any sort of test. We don't have any sort of screening process. We do have a screening process for your opinions. But not for the color of your skin. Not for your race. You're white. Then you've been athlete. Religion, creed. We are, like Jared said, we're a place of inclusivity. And we leave the unlawful discrimination of people based on their race in this town to the mayor. Okay, that's that's who gets to, I should say in this city, that's who gets to decide or segregate certain things i'm not into i'm not in the business of segregation jared i'm in the business of bringing people together i'm in the business of what's one of our old favorite sound cuts we haven't played in a while i'm in the business of unity but it's not for everyone 
If you miss this, if you miss this, let me fill you in because it's quickly become a national news story and Howie Carr's name has been riddled throughout it. (laughs) This is one of these stories where Howie didn't have anything to do with it and yet everything about it, when you read it, you go, oh, that guy Howie Carr. Even people who hate Howie are thinking to themselves, oh, this one's going to be for Howie. This one has Howie Carr written all over it. And so Boston Mayor Michelle Wu She hosted a holiday party at the Parkman House on Beacon Street last night on your dime, of course. I should say you guys hosted it. If you're listening to this show and you live in Massachusetts, you hosted probably a very fancy party. I would love to know if there if I have anyone who's an inside source and I I do have a cousin. I consider Michael Flaherty my cousin. He's married to my cousin, but they've been married since, you know, since I was little. Um, But he's white, so he's no... He's of no use right now. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Flats, nice to talk to you, but I'll see you at Christmas. You can't help me with this one. But if there is anyone who was at that party, who was behind the closed doors, who made it in, and you want to give us any scoopage, because what I'm interested in, and I don't know if this is just years of working for 1970s Boston, otherwise known as Howard Lawrence Carr, But I'm interested in the details. Like, I'm very interested in what were they drinking? What was served as hors d'oeuvres? Did we have dessert? Was there any sort of Sunday bar? Were there any games played? What were the tablecloths like? I want to know. Some people might think that I don't care about that minutia. I do. I do. I would love to know it. So if you are an inside source and you feel like giving Grace Curley the 411... The lines are always open, 844-500-4242. So let me run through any updates we have, okay? This wasn't your typical taxpayer-funded, booze-fueled hack party. This was a super exclusive taxpayer-funded, booze-fueled hack party. I don't even know if there was booze. I'm just assuming. This was a party for electeds of color. And unfortunately, one of Wu's officials, because her... Her administration has proven time and time again to be incredibly competent. One of her officials, this woman, uh, Director of City Council Relations, Denise DeSantos, she hit the old CC all button on the email and she sent it to all the city councilors, not just the city councilors of color. And everybody gets this invite to this party. Can I get the dun-dun-dun ready, Jared? Everybody gets the invite to this party. Even the white ones. So Denise follows that up. And don't you love when you see this happening? If you've ever been on the receiving end of this in a company, it's it's a beautiful thing to watch. Like you start getting the oh they're oh they're writing something else. Oh my god, there's another link to the chain. And and it really does serve. I'm sure there were people who were getting these emails yesterday who it was serving as their entertainment for the entire day. The workday went by real quick for people in the mayor's office yesterday. Just going, oh, what did she write now? Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Here's the follow-up. So she sends out an email apologizing for CCing the whites and also making sure they know, hey, do not come. Like, you're not invited. This is the, we are now rescinding. Is there a resyndication? Of this email. If that's a word. It is now. 
And this is really, at this point for me, the part I find the most amusing because they're missing the point of what's wrong. And so I'll give you an example. Mayor Wu and, and Howie, I think, was probably feeling like an alligator last night because he told the Herald, have, have photographers outside the Parkman house. Be ready to go. I want to see who's going into this party. I want to see what they're wearing. I want to see the details. I saw a huge story in the Daily Mail. I saw another huge story in the New York Post. So there are plenty of eyes on this party. And I have to imagine the only conversations that were going on at this shindig were about all of the reporters outside and about what a cluster bleep this had become, which also makes me happy knowing that the mood was a little bit ruined. So Mayor Wu was asked about this and she's asked by WCBB and she cracks me up here. Can I get cut three, Jared? I think we've we've had individual conversations with everyone so people understand that it was truly just a, an honest mistake that went out in, in typing the email field and um, I look forward to celebrating with everyone at the holiday parties that we will have besides this one as well. So um, it is my intention that we can, again, um, be a city that lives our values and create space for all kinds of communities to come together. Imagine if back in the day, imagine if back in the day, that's how they describe segregation. It's just different people creating their own values and um, doing it separately and, you know, being able to create space for one another. That is some real semantics right there. But here's my favorite part of it is that she's pretending. She knows why people are upset. Do Do you understand what I'm saying? She understands that people are in an uproar because they don't want any whites at their party. But what she's pretending, and there might be a word for this. Like if there's anyone in PR or in optics, there might be a word for this. Maybe it's like, you know, a shiny squirrel syndrome or something. Get get people to be distracted by it. But she's pretending, Jared, that she thinks people are mad at her because the email went out. So it's like, let's focus on the email. It's not a big deal that it's the email. No one is mad that Denise DeSantos accidentally CC'd all of the city councilors on said email. They're mad about the content of the email. It's not the mistake that, whoops, we got invited to something we shouldn't have been. That probably happens all the time. You know, oh, sorry. You know what? Actually, I have an example of this. A few weeks ago, I was CC'd. I have a good friend, and I was on this big text group chat, and it said, hey, everybody, we're going to uh, we're going to conference room C at 3.30 for the cake. Be there, blah, blah, blah. Then all of a sudden, it said, Grace Curley has been removed from the chat. And I side texted my friend. I said, I, what, what chat was that? And she said, oh, I'm sorry. That's my company. We're celebrating someone's birthday this afternoon. I put in the wrong Grace C. I work with someone with the same name. And was I a little bit annoyed that I was going to miss out on what I think was an ice cream cake? Sure. But I understood. I I wasn't mad that she accidentally added me to the email. Now, if the email that I had been accidentally added to said, hey, we're having this party. No white people are allowed. I might have asked more questions. I might have said, I know it was the wrong person, but I'm still confused. I'm still confused about what this whole party was about in conference room three. Mayor Wu is acting like everyone's mad at her that she CC'd the wrong people. No, everyone is upset that you're having a party and not inviting white people. And I want to go to another thing she said here. Um, Let's go to cut four, please. 
It is a long-standing affinity group that um, has grown in recent years here in Boston and Massachusetts. It, you know, think of the Con Congressional Black Caucus or the Black and Latino uh, elected officials at Legislative Caucus at the State House. This is one that spans all levels of government and um, is a space for people to build coalitions and represent communities. There are many, many such coalitions that exist and each one should have their own space to connect and build and do that work and, and um, holiday season's a great time just to get together and enjoy each other's company as well. Um, I'm proud to host many, many of these across all different types of coalitions. So. Many different coalitions. She's throwing out all these group names and all these other groups that have their own parties. How much racism is going on over there? If yeah. there's all these groups that exclude white <laughs> she people. Does, she doesn't realize that she's throwing so many different groups under the bus. But you know what, Jared? There was another quote, and it wasn't on video, but it was in the Daily Mail. And it was a quote from her, and she said she looked forward to seeing everyone at the holiday parties we have besides this one as well. In other words, don't worry all you white devils, you'll be able to go to parties. You'll be able to go to parties too, white people. Stop complaining. Okay, Don't there's worry. plenty of these. There'll be a white people's, it's potluck, but there'll be a white people's party in the basement. Well, you know what I thought, Jared, and I hate to sound like Scrooge, because I like to leave that to the anti-Israel protesters spray paint Christmas trees, but I am going to be Scrooge here for a minute, because someone's got to say it. How many of these lame-ass parties do these hack politicians throw for themselves? Why isn't one enough? Like any other company, you just have one. Do they have multiple because they segregate all of them and not just the no whites party? Is there a no males Christmas party? Is there a no conservatives Christmas party? I understand that, that you wouldn't have to exclude nearly as many people since we're in Boston after all. But here's an idea that I'm going to give Mayor Wu for free. Okay? I, I don't get anything from this city for free. But I'm going to give you an idea for free. Just throw one. It's the season to be merry and bright. And clearly, the, the bright part is a lost cause at this point. But the merry part, the merry comes with another expression, Jared. The more, the merrier. Just invite everybody to one. It's not that hard. Just do one party. And I'll be honest with you, I bet most people, if they have half a brain, which again, taking a gamble here, considering the hacks that we're talking about, but I bet most people working for the city of Boston would be happy to get it all done in one party. Just my guess. 844-500-4242. We'll take your calls on this and uh, we will continue to discuss. Do you think Mayor Wu has a point that this is just typical now? There's nothing to see here, folks. Move along. If that's the case, I could understand if only Howie Carr was writing about it. It's weird, though, that it's on Fox, that it's on New York Post, that it's on uh, the Daily Mail, that I, I don't think it's anywhere near the Boston Globe. They might have picked up on it by this point, but they, they certainly weren't first or second or third. But why do people care so much then if Mayor Wu says, this is NBD, we're making a whole lot of something out of nothing. We'll take your calls when we come back. You know, Jared, last night I was so happy. I got home and I was thinking, oh, I'm going to have to figure out what we're going to do for dinner. I'm going to have to go back out to the grocery store after sitting in traffic on my way home. And then my husband reminded me that we had two delicious hamburgers ready to go from Omaha Steaks. And that in and of itself, saving someone a trip to the grocery store 
and making them realize they have a delicious meal waiting for them. It's a gift right there. And, you know, if you've been excluded from a fancy posh party by a mayor or city council, have your own party with Omaha Steaks. Because you know what? It's probably better than whatever they were eating. The Omaha Steaks are great. The burgers are great, like you talked about. I love the hot dogs. But they also have chicken. They have salmon. I just found out they have venison on there. They have duck. They have have some other uh, more out-of-the-box type of meats that you'd think about. The desserts are also fantastic. The caramel apple tartlets. I had actually one of those last night when I got out of here. Um, It's great. It's better quality than you'll get at the supermarket for a better price, and especially with the code word grace. Yeah, because right now they're doing their 50% off-site wide sale, which is unbelievable in and of itself. But if you if you tack on the code grace, you're going to get $30 off, which is just, you can't beat that. And to Jared's point, they don't exclude anybody. You know, they, they're not putting any any special uh, details on these in, on these invitations saying you can only get the 50% off if you're XYZ. No, 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 no. They're very inclusive at Omaha Steaks. So go to omahasteaks.com. Use promo code GRACE at checkout. You're getting delicious food. You can use this as a gift. I think it's the best Christmas gift idea ever because people love food. They love not going to the grocery store, and they love a Christmas gift that is not going to go to waste. Go to omahasteaks.com, 50% off site-wide, then use promo code GRACE at checkout to get that extra $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required. We'll be right back. Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is the Grace Curly Show. Is this song on the most annoying Christmas list, Jared? Did we talk about this? Uh, this one did not make it. Okay, because I love this song. I think this is in Home Alone 1 or maybe 2. This is one of my favorites, actually. All right, we got people on the lines who want to talk about Mayor Wu's Christmas cluster bleep. Uh, let's go to Silas. You're next up. Silas, you're next up on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Silas. Thanks, Grace. Um, to answer your question, this has been going on since COVID, right? This is, in my opinion, uh, affinity groups. And the real irony is that if you had a white, you know, a whites-only affinity group, everyone would call it racist. But apparently you can have affinity groups for everything and have it, you know, not be segregation. Yeah. No, I, I think that we have we have definitely seen that. And, you know, I mentioned yesterday, Silas, that this is not the first time. I think this is the... I think this one is picking up a lot of steam because obviously these Christmas parties are paid for by the taxpayers and it seems pretty um, bold to let people know that white people are not allowed. And also considering a lot of these city councilors have white spouses or white you know, people that they would want to bring as their plus one. But I think the money aspect, people don't like that they're funding this, but this has happened before. The former mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, Jared, you remember this when she told... Uh, yeah, she wouldn't take questions from... Or she would only take... Take questions from black reporters. Reporters of color. Yeah. Certain colors. And people were outraged. And I think she was saying it because she thought it was such a great thing. Like, she thought she was going to be the Times person of the year or something. And instead, people reacted as you would expect. And it goes back to this idea of racism. And it drives me crazy because... 
people will say to me, oh, it's reverse racism. And like I pointed out yesterday to Libby Emmons, racism, it, it's not reverse racism, it's racism. Excluding people based off the color of their skin from a holiday party is not reverse anything. White people can be, you can be racist towards white people as well. I don't know where in the last few years people have lost that or thought that was impossible, but it's not. When we come back, we're going to talk to John Daniel Davidson from The Federalist about the war in Ukraine and so much more. Don't go anywhere. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. We are waiting on John Davidson from The Federalist. And in the meantime, today's poll question is brought to you by Local Silver Mint. Located in Ware, New Hampshire, Silver Dave will work with you directly to give the gift of metal this Christmas season. Contact him at localsilvermint.com. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurlyshow.com, is who deserves coal in their stocking the most this year? Joe Biden, SBF, Hunter Biden, George Santos, Dr. Fauci, Claudine Gay, Bob Menendez, or Michelle Wu? Ooh, it's tough. It's tough. It's That's a stiff competition. Um, after yesterday's performance, I'm tempted to say Hunter, but t- Hunter kind of deserves it every year, and he's just a terrible person. You know who I think I might want to go with? I might want to go with Claudine Gay. I... I I had asked Howie the other day, do you think, because Bill Ackman, the uh, hedge fund billionaire, he had mentioned that she has done more to destroy Harvard's reputation than anyone in history. And I thought, when you think about some of the uh, some of the people that have come out of Harvard, that's high praise for Claudine and Howie agreed with it. And after seeing some of the repercussions and the money that is being lost here by Harvard, it's tough for me to disagree. So I'm going to say a big hunk of coal for Claudine Gay. Claudine Gay currently at 8%. Well in the lead, Joe Biden at 49%. 22% for Michelle Wu. All others, uh, oh, 12% for Dr. Fauci. All others under 10%. But a nice big 0% for George Santos. Nobody has voted Oh, George good. Santos deserves coal, and I think that is the correct vote. And based off how much money he's getting for his cameos now, Jared, he's going to be able to afford a lot of Christmas gifts because I think they go for over. Someone was going to buy me a George Santos cameo when it was like 200 bucks, and then quickly it got out of hand, and my friend called me and said, you know, I like you a lot, but you're not worth a $700 cameo from George <laughs> Santos. And I can just watch other people's cameos, and it, it warms my heart. All right, I am so excited. We haven't talked to John Daniel Davidson from The Federalist in a long time, and he has an 
excellent article out about Ukraine, especially given the last week we had Zelensky back talking to Joe Biden, back kind of asking for more money, if that's even possible at this point. And so John breaks down a lot of important details. And I want to start by just this first sentence. Ukrainian President Zelensky is in Washington this week, once again, pressuring U.S. lawmakers to dole out tens of billions of taxpayer dollars for his war effort. At issue is a $110 billion national security supplemental the Biden administration has requested that includes about $61 billion for Ukraine. Now, John, you go on to describe what's happening in Ukraine as an unwinnable quagmire. And you also say that there needs to be a negotiated settlement. Can you talk a little bit more about that? And why do you feel that that is the situation we're now in? Well, I think it's clear by now, as Ohio Senator J.D. Vance said uh, over the weekend, there's no reason to think that $61 billion will accomplish what $110 billion have already not accomplished. Uh, the idea that Ukraine is going to you know, throw Russian forces out of every square inch of Ukrainian territory is a fantasy. It's not going to happen. And, you know, uh, the arguments that are coming from the Biden administration are just not believable. The idea that Putin is going to retreat back to, and, and keep Ukraine's 1991 borders as they were, and it'll be a total Russian defeat, is uh, a, a fantasy, and I, are, I would say a dangerous fantasy. This thing was always going to end in a political settlement, a negotiated set of settlement in which there was some exchange of territory, for political independence. That was true before February 2022, and it's true now, almost two years into the war. Yeah, you say Ukraine should have been prepared to trade land for independence. Indeed, U.S. leaders should have insisted on it. They did nothing of the sort, John. Um, How have you, what do you think of our response to all of this and and each step of this war, our officials and our political leaders and how they have been handling this? Have they at any point been able to bring this war closer to a resolution? Absolutely not. The, the war is only continuing because we're funding it. It's become a proxy war against Russia with no clear justification or connection to the American national interest. Um, I would say the Biden administration's response has been the worst possible. They could have either gone all in to back Ukraine from the very beginning and told Putin and Moscow that if they laid a track on Ukrainian territory, NATO forces were going to swarm in to the western part of the country and then, and then followed through on that. Uh, th- that would have been one option. Uh, uh, arguably, that wouldn't have been in the U.S. national interest either, but at least it would have been a clear action with tied to a strategic end. You know, um, But instead, we had this really uh, desultory, on-again, off-again, non-committal uh, promise of unending aid and weapons into Ukraine to keep this war going. We we have turned this into a war of attrition. But what we've done, arguably, from the beginning, is tell Ukrainian leaders, look, it's not realistic that you are going to be able to hold on to your all of your territory and your 1991 borders, um, you know, owing to the unique historical circumstances of how those borders were created. They were created by the Soviet Union in the 1950s. Uh, and, and they're not... Uh, defensible. 
uh, you know, they, they never were. And anyone familiar with the history knows that. Uh, but we didn't do that. And so now we're just sort of in this quagmire, $110 billion in and counting. And uh, But the Biden administration and GOP leaders in Congress have offered no justification, no strategic vision, and no end game. John, one thing I love about your writing is that you, you kind of take an issue and you will bring up all of the points against uh, whatever your goal is. So you'll you'll kind of go and say, this is what the argument to what I'm saying would be. And one, and you call it a lazy counter argument, but it's one that a lot of my listeners have been familiar with, is that yeah. doing just that, just what you explained, that arrangement would invite Putin to invade all of Eastern Europe. That's what we hear a lot from the left when conservatives, yeah. people like J.D. Vance, people like John Daniel Davidson, when they bring up these ideas of, hey, listen, this is as good as it's going to get. You might have to take this and make the most of it the counter argument is oh you're inviting putin to invade all of eastern europe why do you think that that is preposterous well it's an argument you you hear not only from the biden administration and from the left but you hear it from mike pompeo from nikki haley from mitch mcconnell all these establishment republicans just repeat this line over and over they never try to argue the point or actually explain why they think that's possible or realistic they just assert it as though it's a given fact that if there's a negotiated settlement in Ukraine, then Moscow is going to march on Poland, which is a ridiculous fantasy. And I say that because everything that we've seen from Russia in this war has proven Moscow to be a kind of paper tiger. The military is weaker and less efficient than anyone thought. They're not able to take Kiev. They're not able to secure large portions of Ukrainian territory. They're barely able to hold on to the Crimea and the eastern provinces that they do have. So the idea that this military that has been has has been thwarted in its large scale strategic ambitions in Ukraine would somehow be able to set a track on NATO territory is is not realistic. It, there's nothing that has happened over the past two years that suggests that that is so. Uh, you know, Putin's rhetoric notwithstanding. So if if, if we're going to go by experience and what we've seen with our eyes and what the conditions on the ground suggest, there's nothing to that argument. There's no way that, that Russia could invade Eastern Europe. They can't even invade Western Ukraine. Yeah, John, one other part of this, and it's kind of a two-part question I have for you, is why are we seeing such calls and really passionate calls for ceasefires um, between Israel and Hamas? You know, just yesterday there were protesters who shut down the California uh, freeway in California. Right. You've seen people vandalizing outside the White House, the White House gates. There's a real push from Hollywood, from the left, uh, almost like the day after the slaughter of 1,400 Israelis, that there has to be a ceasefire in Israel just essentially has to wait for the next October 7th. Why aren't we seeing that at all? And why is anyone who's calling for, forget a ceasefire, people who are asking questions about where all this money is going to in Ukraine are immediately made out to be puppets of Putin. So before I get to the second part of the question, what is what is that all about? And why is there such a double standard when looking at these two things? I mean, the short answer is that's about... Uh domestic identity politics and domestic culture war issues here in America. You know, Americans love to use foreign affairs and foreign wars as proxies for our, our domestic cultural and political squabbles. And I think that's what, what is happening. You know, it's, it's this woke Marxist framework of uh, oppressor versus oppressed and with Israel being the oppressor and the Palestinians being the oppressed. And so, um, 
And so there's no way that Israel could be justified in taking any military action against Hamas or uh, conducting any military operations inside Gaza. And so we, and so you hear the left calling for a ceasefire, which, which is just a euphemism for capitulation to the Hamas terrorists. And the irony is that in Israel, you know, the, the IDF and the Netanyahu government have a very clear strategic goal, the destruction of Hamas. It's very simple. It's very straightforward. We don't have anything like that in Ukraine, and yet no one's calling for a ceasefire there. They're just calling for pouring billions more into an unending quagmire that, by the way, is a lot more violent and has caused a lot, uh, many, many orders of magnitude more death and destruction in that country than anything that's happening in Israel-Palestine. And on this same note, John, it ties in here, and it's my last question for you. I I heard a cut yesterday, and even by Nancy Pelosi's standards, it was ridiculous. She's actually, she's frustrated that Republicans aren't just going along with all of the funding to Ukraine and that they're trying to tie things to it, like maybe securing, I don't know, our own southern border here in the United States. And she tried to say that any rapes or any killings that happen in Ukraine are now on the hands of Republicans. Can you respond to that? Uh, I mean, that's something that almost doesn't need a response. It's ridiculous to suggest that if we don't fund uh, foreign conflicts, that uh, what transpires in those conflicts is now on the the hands of Republicans or on the hands of, uh, you know, U.S. taxpayers and and American voters who, you know, don't want to see their hard-earned money going to fund these foreign wars. I, and I'm not saying, and I don't think anyone is saying, and certainly not the Republicans that are, that that are skeptical of pouring more more funds into Ukraine, that we should just sort of let Russia do whatever it wants in Ukraine. What we're, what what I'm saying, and what others who want to see this conflict come to an end are saying, use our position of strength and our leverage over that conflict to put pressure on both sides to bring our the pressure that only we can bring to bear to force a negotiated settlement so that we can bring an end to the fighting. That's what statesmen would do. That's the reasonable thing to do. Um, and the arguments from Pelosi and others are actually just sort of disgusting because she's just using ad hominem arguments rather than actually making a case for her policy. Well said. John Daniel Davidson, everyone should follow him on Twitter at John D. Davidson. Read all of his work at thefederalist.com. I check it every single day. It's a really, really great outlet. I know how busy you are, John, and we really appreciate your time. Hey, thanks for having me, Grace. When we come back, we will take more of your calls on this. And if you want to talk about Mayor Wu's holiday party, I'm sorry, let me correct that. Mayor Wu's No Whites Allowed holiday extravaganza you can or if you want to talk about ukraine or our southern border there's plenty to talk about there the lines are open so it's 844-500-4242 i and i i do want to get to the hunter biden of it all jared because kjp you know she's always on the cleanup crew but she had she had such a mess to deal with yesterday and she did it as well as she always does which is she just kind of spread the mess all around and left it for somebody else. She has no reply as to Hunter Biden's speech. He gets up on the steps of the Capitol. He gives this ridiculously verbose and, you know, uh, tr- trying to paint himself as a victim style speech. And then she has to explain it. But here's the tricky part. I don't know if anyone caught this. Well, I know some people caught it because uh, Red State and other places had it. But I'm curious if my listeners noticed. They mentioned that Joe was aware of Hunter's 
remarks, that he was going to give those remarks, and he was familiar with them. Now, of course, we don't know how familiar he was with them, but if he knew that Hunter was going to defy the subpoena, that could be a problem for the big guy. That could be a problem for the for the president. I don't know if he knew 10% of what Hunter was going to say, but I think it's uh, it's worth digging down on a little bit, and we will. It's getting to be that time of year where occasionally you get a day, Jared, that is not freezing and you feel good, but most of the time, once that sun sets, you are going to be chilly. And I say you because I'm not going to be. I have my Gen 40 heater. I'm cozy. I bring it in my living room. I bring it upstairs at the end of the night. I'm saving money because I don't have to heat up my whole house. And not to sound like a lazy person here, but most of the time, once I get everything done, once the baby's put to bed, I am sitting on the couch watching television or maybe writing a column if I'm feeling, you know, if I'm feeling very courageous. But most of the time I'm chilling, feet up with my Gen 40. And it feels like I have a little fireplace next to me. It keeps me warm and it saves me money. Isn't that like the two best things you can have around Christmas time? Yeah, that's the best part is that if you have gas or you have oil and it's still expensive. So you want to supplement as to save money. And the Gen 40 heater is a great way to do that. Last night, there was uh, there were a couple of squalls, snow squalls on the North Shore. So I actually got to sit in the living room by the Christmas tree with the candles in the window. And for nine glorious minutes, I got snow going around outside while I was sitting there with the uh, the Eden Pure Gen 40 on with the, the wood paneling. And it was just, it was, it was a nine minutes of Norman Rockwell for me personally last night. We should have taken a picture and put you on the website. <laughs> And if you go to the website, it's EdenPureDeals.com. You can u- use code GRACE50 to feel like Jared Diglio in a Norman Rockwell painting. And isn't that what we all are striving for in life? So go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use code GRACE50. Again, get the heat up and the bills low. That's what you want. You want to feel warm and toasty with that infrared and convective heat. Feels like a fireplace. But you want to know the whole time that you are saving. Ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. You cannot beat this. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use code GRACE50 to get that $50 off. Plus, they're offering free shipping around the holidays, which is just beautiful. Make sure you go to EdenPureDeals.com. Don't forget code GRACE50. A lot of people want to talk about the non-white Christmas. We will be right back with your calls. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. Let's go to Susan. You're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Susan. Hi, Grace. Love your show. I just wanted to say I'm sure they immediately started jamming, doing it with no clue, may or woo, starting a conga line to Bing Crosby's White Christmas. I'm sure that was the first song they heard when they were coming in. I'm sure the hors d'oeuvres were the tables were groaning with white chicken salad and white coconut cake and they were all washing it down with white wine and I didn't hear what the attire was required to be but I'm sure it was probably white tie and you can follow probably follow my gist comments um, on the Daily Mail or New York Post pretty much 
followed along these lines. And uh, the nicest thing that can be said about Mayor Wu regarding all of this is that obviously she still has no clue. And while I don't personally have a problem with people who want to socialize among themselves, fine, let them do it privately. But when your public employees, like Howie said yesterday, public employees in a public place on the public dime, that, that brings a totally different level. Thank you for the call, Susan. I'm going to talk more about this when I get back. Because some people are saying, well, what's the big deal? You know, other groups do this, too. Well, we'll get into that on the other side. Don't go anywhere. This is The Grace Curley Show.